You're about to listen to a true story told live because this is True Stories Live. Brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. I'm looking forward to you losing control. This will be great. <laughs> <laughs> so Tom and I have been friends since we were 18. We met at university and um, we were always, we, we liked each other straight away. Um, I liked him since uh, we, <laughs> we went to like, there's like a, a like a, a disco thing. What, what do young people say? Um, you know, it was a disco. Like a night thing. And night. like everyone was dressed as people from Moulin Rouge and it was all like burlesque and like we were too social, well I was too socially awkward to get involved so I just like lingered around the edge and then I saw this guy at the edge who was like wearing his dressing gown and I was just like yeah I want to be friends with that guy. So yeah, that kind of set the precedent. I think I was, dre- I was dressed as a tramp for the Moulin Rouge thing. I, was, I went as a freshers <laughs> ball in my dressing gown. Sure, okay. This is really important. It doesn't matter. <laughs> So anyway, we were like good friends throughout uni and, um, and then after university we like, we got this job. So we were doing that, you know, we went, we did drama and we, we were doing the kind of classic like working in bars and doing various things after uni. And then we kind of got this like cool-ish opportunity where some friends I knew ran a puppeteering company and, uh, and they, they had this act and they are like the street theatre act and they invited me and Tom to, to try out for it and then we got these jobs as puppeteers um, in these kind of big costumes that look like it's two very small people you're puppeteer I'm doing this because that's like that's puppeteering um, it looks like two tiny old people with massive rucksacks that's the act and they walk around and they talk to people and they're like two sort of they're like a, an old couple who are sort of finishing each of the sentences and like yeah, bickering yeah a bit like yeah I get it yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's, I'm always really apprehensive I've mentioned this act before at True Stories Live and it's just really difficult to talk about street theatre puppetry to a Norwich audience without them having a very different association <laughs> from most people about what that is <clears throat> Most people think it's going to be shit, but it's not that shit. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. Good act. It was good. It was a good, good. act, and we were really happy good. to be a bit doing like something it. from the labyrinth. But yeah, like yeah, cheaper. yeah. And so, so it was like it was great. We would do it occasionally, and it was like a nice way of like getting a bit of money and feeling like you were doing some acting alongside the other things. And then this like weird thing happened where um, we got. And the company got a different agent and, and, and it was Paul Daniels' agent and, um, and he they, not he Paul Daniels wasn't involved but the agent got us this work or got the company this work on cruise ships and um, so we were offered the chance to go and like do some puppeteering on some cruise ships um, Pre- previously we'd just sort of walked around like the centre of Leatherhead <laughs> like yeah. just standing in front of H. Samuel just bothering people like, most people who would do the act to like, they, they've not opted in for comedy they're, they're, ju- they're just going to buy some you know a McDonald's or something like that and we're just there going oh hello there dears are you having a nice day and, like, and the, yeah like it, and it didn't always like go down very well you know one time like Tom's character got sprayed with fart spray by some kids and we got referred to as blowjob monkeys that which, was a V festival I don't even know what that means they do you know what I mean they literally punched the head of the puppet off <laughs> so, uh, so we go we, to V festival yeah don't go to V festival um, but we, we did make Goldie looking chain yeah <clears throat> anyway. um, 
sweet, sweet times. And so, so anyway, we were like, okay, we're going to go on this cruise ship because that it was like slightly better paid than the street theatre gigs. And we were like, okay, cool. I should mention at the time, I had crushing anxiety. Like I'd had like a really shit few years. I was really kind of not in an amazing headspace. And I was like really scared of like going on the tube. I was really scared of the idea of flying. I was just like scared of a lot of stuff. And this idea of going on a cruise ship, like it was... It was sort of beyond fear in a way, and it was just a bit like, I don't fucking know. Do you know what I mean? You know those moments when you're just like, I, okay, yes, yes, and the cruise ship. Yeah, it just, just sort of went, oh, just roll with it. Uh, how weird can it be? It was pretty weird. Yeah. Um, Has anyone here been on a cruise? Yeah. For choice or work? Yeah, it's never anyone's yeah. choice, I feel. Um, <laughs> it's just like full of the richest Floridian people. Like, is that how you say people from Florida? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounded so. really weird. Or, like, or people made out of toothpaste. Yeah. Um, <laughs> didn't, wasn't worth that. Um, <laughs> you'd love the act. It's, um, uh, yeah, but, uh, but it wasn't even like a really good cruise ship where like, you know, the QE2 or something where people are like really fancy and expensive stuff. It was sort of like, you know, they, they would all you can eat buffets where they where you'd be like, oh, this would be brilliant. And then you realize that the stuff that they serve is like fried um, peanut butter and banana sandwiches, which are the th- things that killed Elvis. Um, it's basically like Cosmo, but yeah. a million times worse. You could you could do a thing where where people would um, you'd you'd like pay to have all all you could drink Coca Cola because the food was free, but but drinks and and booze were extra, uh, which is why we didn't actually end up making any profit because we had to drink quite a lot to get through this. Um, <laughs> but you could you could have all you could drink like free refills of Coca Cola um, and. Uh, and it would, but you'd have to wear this cup around your neck on a lanyard. Oh, I forgot about the lanyard yeah. cup. That's like, so great. Like you, like you were on the literal opposite oh. of a fun run. Um, and uh, and we did the maths once and realised that in order to break even on these things, uh, it was so expensive that you'd have to drink like two and a half of them of full fat coke a day. <laughs> And more than half of the people on the cruise ships had these things. It was it was pretty disgusting. And so. On the ships, there was like a few other street theatre performers. There was this little atrium where they'd make us perform. We only had to perform for like half an hour, three times a day. It was a pretty sweet deal. And we'd meet these other yeah. performers. So there'd be like jugglers and other street performers. And we'd kind of gravitate towards hanging out with them because the other option was like hanging out just us. With or old hanging out people. with like the old racist people. And that's not prejudice. Um, we listened to what they said. Yeah. <laughs> and so we, yeah, we'd hang around with these other guys. And so um, I, on the flight over to like our first one, I like I hadn't flown for so long and I was really fucking terrified and just in, in a bad place. Um, and I should say that like although me and Tom like are very good friends, we did we did not have the kind of friendship where we'd like be cheesy or like tell each other we loved each other. So we were very we were quite cynical. We were quite like I don't know that sort of socially awkward early twenties thing that manifests as like oh I fucking hate everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just everything so shit. There was no so like punky. No, we don't, affection. No, I don't I think we would never really hug. Uh, maybe like a high five if one of us like got a strike at bowling, but that is the rules. Yeah, exactly. You have to do. It. You have to do it. And um, so we were, when we were on the plane though, like I, I was really struggling, and Tom was seated across the aisle from me, and I, I sort of really wanted to tell him I was struggling, but I didn't have the language, and all I had was yeah. like Bridget Jones's Diary. Or, that was the only film, so I was trying to watch that and trying to like feel okay. I had no knowledge that you had any fear of flying; you just hadn't thought to. <laughs> I don't mention know why it. I didn't mention it, but he must have sent something was 
going on with me because over the aisle, he like, he didn't hold out his hand because that'd be too like affectionate. He held out his finger. And then I just like held on to his finger. And actually, you know what? It helped. It did help. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I felt like, I, I'm not sure which of us initiated that, but it felt like that hand is far too intimate. There's like, uh, there's yeah, but that's sex, basically, <laughs> like with my brother. <laughs> Nothing sexual about this, obviously. Finger, yeah. And so, so anyway, we get to the we get to the first cruise, and we like meet some other people that are doing some performing on it. And we and, and there's a weird thing that happens on this cruise. There are there are two mu- two magicians. Um, there's there'd been some kind of administrative error, and they'd booked two magicians. And everyone knows one magician, too many magicians. <laughs> Two magicians is just careless. And, and one of them was fucking amazing. He was this lovely, lovely guy. He's since become incredibly really famous. famous. Guy's own Netflix series done like four seasons or something. I'm not going to tell you his name because we're going to smear him. But like... Um. <laughs> <laughs> but he, was, he was lovely. Yeah. And then there was this other comedian. Magician. We, uh, ma- magician. Um, there was nothing funny about him. Sorry, um, dear. And he was probably the worst human I've ever met in my life. We can tell you his name. He's Alex Lodge. You can look him up. <laughs> If you look him up, if you if you if you put him into Google or like YouTube, like like it will autocorrect worst magic tricks ever. Like, and I'm not even kidding. He was on He's... Harry Hill's TV Burp as like an example of the worst trick that's ever gone wrong on television. Yeah. Um, and he was like, I don't mind telling you this because he was a fucking asshole as well. Yeah. Like, he was so misogynistic. He was so awful. He like we got had to get changed in the same changing room as him, and he would just stand there and like watch me get changed. And one time while he was doing that, he did a monologue to us about how, how we were really lucky that we got to like dress up in these costumes and that meant that no one knew who we were so we could go incognito on the cruise ship and he was like it's really hard for me because I don't get to be incognito and while he's saying that he's putting on a bomber jacket emblazoned with his own name Alex Lodge member of the magic circle I don't think he is so straight away we start hanging around with the cool the cool the cool magician and his sister who's Mm. there too We, we get a great friendship with them but we would Alex Lodge would always find us. Do you know what I mean? If we were drinking in the bar with the cool magician, Alex Lodge would turn up. So we just developed this... Because we were like 60 years younger than everybody else on the cruise ship. So we're sort of... yeah. So he wants to be with the cool guys. The cool guys. Um, That's us. (laughs) That's us. That's the other guys. So we quickly developed this like meta game on the cruise called Dodge Dodge the the Lodge. Lodge. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, it's it's all... It's a bit much. Like my anxiety's peaking. I'm trying to dodge the lodge. Like it's... I'm like at sea, it's really weird, the food, everything's weird, but like then... There's so much fried peanut butter you can eat. <laughs> but then the amazing magician hits us with this incredible uh, news. That, so he's from California, and in California, you can get weed brownies as like prescription. This was before that was sort of anywhere else that was the case. It was just, just California, just sort of medicinal, great brownies if you had like a medical card and he had a hookup or he'd, I don't know, he'd magic it out of someone's wallet or something <laughs> like that, you know. So he, it sounds like he had these like strong weed brownies like and he was like... Medicinal, great, like serious, not not fucking about yeah and he was like what what say like tomorrow because there was this day when we were all gonna we were gonna be at sea for like the whole day and night yeah usually we'd get to get off and go like 15 minutes of Dubrovnik and like we've been to like uh, to Istanbul for one hour in our lives we've been to so many places but we know nothing about the world for 10 minutes (laughs) and just you know, stood in, stood in some ports, but yeah. uh, but one, there was going to be no ports. It was just going to be at sea, sea day. Um, that's what they call that. And uh, and he was like, "Oh no, what we'll do medicinal grade grade weed brownies. We'll 
we'll have these we'll have of, of an evening. And then we, we'd realised that you didn't have to just eat the, um, the, the buffet food, the fried uh, uh, peanut butter sandwiches, that there was actually like, there was a sort of fine dining restauranty bit that was also all included. And it had become a bit of our life hack to realise that you could just go there and just, just order like five mains and see which one you liked. I mean, they were all going to go in the bin anyway at the end of the fucking cruise it's ship. Disgusting. So it's disgusting. But we were disgusting. We were like just lent into it. It's the only way we're going to survive is if we become more disgusting, <laughs> sign up to the Coca-Cola thing exactly. and beat them at Double down, game. spend all the money. So we were like, okay, this is the plan. We're going to meet, we're going to meet the, the magician and his sister in this cool bar that we found that is away from where we normally see the lodge. Hmm. And we're going we're gonna to have had some weed brownies in our rooms. We're going to meet and then we're going to all go for dinner. So we have a bit of brownie in our room. The problem I'd say is like I'm quite hungry um, yeah. at that time. So this is pre-dinner. You're supposed to just have a little bit. We'd say let's have a cup, but I was hungry. It was a d- actually a delicious brownie. So I ended up. It was very nice. Yeah. It was very nice. So we had quite a lot yeah. of these brownies, and then we and go I, to. I this only re- like we were halfway through it before I remembered that you don't really smoke smoke weed at all. No, I do not. <laughs> So, so we yeah. go to this bar and like we're a bit, I feel fantastic and like I order a glass of wine, sit down and that's when I notice something's wrong. So I take a sip of the wine and it tastes like just a glass of vinegar. So I'm like... It's like a complex, expensive red wine. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I think there's something wrong with my wine and I take it back and they give me another wine and it tastes like vinegar. I'm like, I think there's something wrong with my wine again. And I get another wine. I'm like, fuck, like something is happening. This isn't normal. So I'm just like looking at my wine, thinking about my life. Well, I remember <laughs> you were in the conversation with like the bartender going, no, seriously, there's something wrong. I think it's corked or something. And I was saying to uh, the, the, the nice magician and, the, and his sister, I was just like, oh yeah, no, I, I'm actually starting to feel something. And Mm, yeah, no, I've forgotten that, like, when you get really high, your sense of taste just completely changes. And maybe Molly's wine is fine, and maybe she's just really high. And we looked over to Molly, had this realisation at the same time that I think she probably had this realisation, in this sort of slight altercation with this bartender, and then it's just like... I don't want to be in this conversation anymore. And I just sort of saw her a little bit just melt away. I just sort of defragged. Just sort of like disappeared. And then you... you And then that was the moment... Oh, yeah. ...that Alex Lodge walks in. And he's like, guys, I found you. Found you. Ah. And it's too much. The combo of the lodge and the wine and the weed and everything. I'm just like, I can't handle this. I'm like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to, I don't fucking know what. I'm going to take a moment, throw up. Something's going to happen. And then I'm going to be fine. And I go to the bathroom, look at myself in the mirror. My face doesn't look like me. And I'm like, nope, the night's over. So I'm like, I have to fucking get back to my room. And that would be fine, except I've forgotten my room number. Um, And I just have this, like, key card. And the room is, like, the shine. It's just, like, this long corridor just, like, that goes on for a kilometre. Like, honestly, Molly was not particularly good at finding the room sober. (laughs) Because there is no frame of reference. Because as soon as you walk out of the bits where you're like, right, that's where the casino is, that's where the swimming pool is, that's where you go and get your free real feels of infinite disgusting cola. It was a hard life, guys. Like, then then you walk out into into the sort of, into the bit where the rooms are, and then you just look down and it's an infinite vanishing point. It's like the sort of thing that Stanley Kubrick would use as an image to make you feel like you were on drugs as the people watching the film. 
But watch it when you are on drugs and it just sort of like just brain loops in on itself. It's yeah. just impossible. I was just MC Eschering my way down the corridor, putting the key card into Everywhere. every single one, just hoping, hoping. And then like eventually, of course, law of averages, it does open and I go into the room and I go into the bathroom and I'm just sort of like fragging out <laughs> and just like having a bad one. And then I'm really angry suddenly with Tom because I'm like, where is he? There's no mobile coverage. You're, we're out at out sea. sea. And I'm just thinking about the fact we're out at sea and Alex Lodge and the wine and the weed. And, I, and I'm like, ha, you know, that like YouTube thing was like, am I going to be like this forever? Like, <laughs> I just can't really handle the idea. And so I'm angry with Tom. And then I decide I'm going to send Tom a tele... tele what's, it, what's the word? Telepathic. Of course you'd know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's probably doing one right now. <laughs> so like yeah so I'm like <laughs> I'm like dear Tom please can you come back now I'm not feeling very well and so uh, I, I mean I don't like to say it worked it didn't but obviously after like an hour and a half I think Tom probably realised yeah that, that you weren't <laughs> you weren't there. just in the normal toilets you were you'd gone somewhere else and we only had one other place to be yeah I wasn't gonna like you know uh, look in the fried uh, peanut butter bit so I was just like I'll go back to our room yeah so he does and, and, and I'm in the bathroom yeah fetal on the floor in the bathroom <laughs> so I'm fetal on the floor like a cool guy like a literal um, cliche of someone who's had too much cannabis <laughs> and then like it, I do feel better that he's there but then he lies on the floor like I, so I'm lying on the floor and then he lies on the floor outside the bathroom mm. so we don't want to get too close because you know boundaries and his like then I notice that his face starts to melt yeah. into the floor. And I'm really fucked off with him at this point. I'm like, Tom, your face is melting. Oh, stop. You're so annoying. And I, I concede that that is a very annoying thing for me to do. <laughs> but, uh, but like, I have to try and talk Molly down from, from this, whatever's happening here. But I am also, remember, the same amount high. <laughs> Which I'd never really thought about. Yeah, before. no, I, I, but like, I just, I have a sort of a superpower where like, I don't, I don't smoke weed all the time. I don't have a massive tolerance to it, but like, I can have a lot of it, but still somehow be all right. Like, I can just be like, oh, that's a crazy thought. That's horrible. That's weird. Uh, everything's melting. But like, sure, whatever. This was the plan. Like, yeah, those are heart palpitations. No worries. I lived in Amsterdam for two years. I never, I never overdid it. Uh, I, di I did make uh, Paul Merton pull a whitey, but that's a different story. Um, <laughs> April, April 16th. Do April. Uh, but so, yeah, I was like, I managed to hold shit together enough to, to go, all right, I've got a plan. Because usually when I have too much weed, I, you know, it, it, it never really gets that bad. There's like, there's, what's the worst that's going to happen? So usually I put on some good music. Uh, there isn't any of that on the cruise. Or some good comedy. There isn't any of that either. Uh, and have some nice food. We'll see what we can do. Um, so I encourage Molly that, like, the bathroom is not the chillest hang. Um... <laughs> Maybe we could go somewhere a bit more comfortable and, uh, and then that would be easier. So we relocate to like our, our beds, separate sort of, yeah, twin uh, beds. And I put on uh, whatever's on the, on the TV, which just happens to at that point be uh, Bridget Jones 2, <laughs> The Edge of Reason. Um, which and seems then, fitting. Which seems fitting. And then Tom goes and starts to order all of the room service in the entire world. And he orders burgers and chips and I toasties. just ordered one of everything. Yeah. We weren't supposed to have room service, but this was special circumstances. <laughs> so yeah, he had, a, had a, a beef burger, a chicken burger, a croque monsieur, a croque madame, which is, I think, the same with an egg on it. I don't know. Basically, I think we had like... 
just eight mains and five sides. And by this point, I am actually starting to feel better and I'm feeling a bit more grounded and a bit more just like maybe everything's going to be okay. So we watched Bridget Jones and like over the gap between our two single beds, I see something coming over. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, that's exactly what I need. So thank you, Tom. Thank you. Tom Flatterock. True Stories Live is a story show and story finding project brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. For more information about all of the work that we do, head to our website truestorieslive.co.uk.